Coffee Room Conversations is brought to you in partnership with Dirt Path Publishing. What started as a small independent publishing house dedicated to publishing work for social impact now also includes coaching and editing services for writers led by a small and mighty team of former high school teachers. These folks know how to have the hard conversations writers need to have in service to producing their very best work. And they know how to have those hard conversations with love. For more information about coaching and editing services for writers, visit dirtpathpublishing.com. Helena is a force of nature. Anyone who knows her would say the same. She's among the most generous humans I know, taking in stray animals, children, or friends. Out of bedrooms? No problem. She has a couch. True to brand, she's also fiercely passionate about our work and serving our kids well. She didn't have children of her own for many reasons, one being the fact she knew she couldn't be the kind of teacher she wanted to be if she was also a mother at home. First to school, last leaving from school. Glenna's car seemed to the rest of us to never leave the parking lot. Glenna came to San Lorenzo High School to finish her teaching credential and ended up never living. Health teacher, American Sign Language teacher, leadership teacher, cheerleading coach, activities director, the mark she left on our school borders on legacy. I take a bit of credit for this, of course, given I spied her on the first day of school and knew this was the person to take over the fledgling cheerleading program, of which I was the advisor, because I didn't listen to my mentor Pam and say no to my boss Cheryl when she told me those girls needed a role model like me. Even then, I was a sucker for the bait and switch, especially when it's done in service to our kids getting what they need. I was a cheerleader for one year in high school. I loved the uniform and the pom-poms, and that's about where it ended. And here I was in 1990-something advising this group of wild girls with whom I had little more in common than the love of the uniform. Glenna, though, introduced herself as the cheerleading coach for the California School for the Deaf, in addition to someone who had come to our school to finish her credential so she could go back to CSD to teach. This, of course, did not happen. I invited Glenna to a practice to see if she could give me some advice about how to better serve the girls. Within a week, she was our coach. At the end of that year, I kept carefully and quickly away and never looked back. Just as quickly, Glenna fell in love with our school and never looked back. This dedication comes at a price, of course. It's also evidence for my motto that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Generosity and passion are Glenna. It's how she taught and how she friended and how she daughtered. As an Italian woman, I readily recognized her propensity to martyr herself. And while I couldn't always help myself, I was always sure to help her. Bossing other people around about issues we have in spades, that's something else Italian women do well. In this episode, you'll hear about Glenna's struggle to speak her truth, to take care of herself, to learn how to navigate uncomfortable territory. You'll also see yourself reflected as someone who is teaching what is likely the most challenging year of their careers and what she's doing to stay focused on what matters, our children, because there's no such thing as other people's children and because we belong to one another. Okay, welcome to my friend Glenna to the coffee room. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Nicole. I'm so freaking out that I'm standing in the coffee room with you once again. 
<laughs> once again. So um, we're going to get to when our professional lives emerged in a minute, but I want to start with a little backstory because we all come to teaching with our own kind of reasons, right? And our own lens on the world. So uh, I'd like to start with having you share a bit about your growing up and maybe your experience in school and how it informed you to become a teacher and then maybe how you think about teaching. Okay, so nothing's ever super simple, right? Never. And what you think that you're doing in your life doesn't end up at all, which is what I tell my students, take just take the journey. Mm-hmm. But school for me, like if we were to back up and talk about me personally, Glenna, mm-hmm. School mm-hmm. for me was my savior. Mm-hmm. It was my place that I could find me. Mm-hmm. I was a kid of the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. where you didn't talk about your personal problems or your family problems, you just be. And my mom was bipolar. Mm-hmm. And she was bipolar when bipolar was just diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And so major medication, major stuff. My parents got divorced. She um, had shock treatment. Like, it was oh, serious God. stuff. Mm-hmm. So... And I didn't really get all that till I got older, but it was. And so at that time, my grandpa died. My mom, grandma was by herself. My parents are divorcing, so we moved in with my grandma. Mm-hmm. So that's what brought me here. And that was not common either. Multi-generational households, who has that? Mm-hmm. Don't have your mom and dad living together. In fact, a friend told me, you're the first divorced person I ever met. Mm-hmm. Like, it was all that. Mm-hmm. So trying to navigate all what that meant and what that meant for me is finding school, finding school and finding drum corps and toiling baton and being part of an, an organization or a group of people that let me just find me. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of where I took that and was able to bring it home and now and manage my life at home. But it was hard because when I would come home, I would put my hand on the doorknob and never know what I was walking into when I came mm-hmm. in the door. Mm-hmm. So being at school, and then I just got, I just was that personality that got involved in things. Could it be drum corps that led me there? But um, I got into student leadership. I became a cheerleader. All of those things drove me to be at school, mm-hmm. be at school, be really open uh, to who uh, who I'm affected by and who I'm around. Mm-hmm. Uh, my teachers, for example. Um, I probably would say I teach because of a middle school teacher who really connected connected to us in two ways. She was a social studies teacher and a PE teacher. Mm-hmm. She always wore her warm-ups when she was teaching PE and her dress when she was teaching social studies. How And it would all be in the same day. And she was very clear that how you presented yourself and what you were doing was who you were to be. Like it was the smallest little lesson. So anyway, she went to high school with us too, and she was just phenomenal. So that's my life as a kid. So I liked school. Mm-hmm. As I grew up, I teaching found me. I wasn't be a teacher. I was going to be a therapist. I'm a child of <laughs> mental ill parent. Well, of mm-hmm. course, I'll be a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I went to school to do that until I got into sign language, and they asked me. Asked me. I was required to do 180 hours of working with the deaf to get my uh, Matt Minder degree in ASL. I'm signing while we talk right now. <laughs> um, and then I went to the California School for the Deaf in Fremont because that's where deaf people are. And I'm in San Leandro, so we're pretty close. Mm-hmm. That's school. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then somebody said, you have time free. I also interpreted for colleges too. 
in the afternoon, you should take the sea bash and you could sub in the afternoon, make some more money. And I was like, okay, <laughs> it's cool. So I took the sea bus and then that year they asked me to be a long-term sub. And then it was all of a sudden, you got to learn how to write curriculum and you have to do whatever. And I did middle school, long-term sub, and I was still going to be an interpreter. And the friends that I made were like, what are you talking about? Get in a credential program. Get your credential. You're a teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I am? <laughs> and so teaching really found me more than I found it. But I did find my place in school. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was my connection more so than the profession. Mm-hmm. And, and for having peers say, are you kidding me? You're a teacher. Mm-hmm. Was it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. How do you feel like teaching has strengthened other parts of your life? Teaching the students I have? Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's the teaching part. I think it's just being with kids from all backgrounds and all experiences and all life that makes me look at myself and want to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Well, you're in relationship. Right. And I think oh, that's all about what I'm about. Yeah. Right. 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 And because if it was just the teaching, then it would be kind of a one way street. And that's not who you are, or what you do. No. Um, I would say for sure that being in relationship with students has changed you and being in relationship mm-hmm. with students who are different from you has changed you. I think that's a lesson just for the world at large is, you know, you're not going to change by reading a book. You're going to change by mm-hmm. being in relationship. And I was talking to a student uh, prior to, to preparing for this broadcast. And that's what they say when they, people, kids say they talk about me and that's what they think of. They think of me out there with kids, being with kids, having the classroom that's safe, having somebody like a 12 year old saying, can I come in here because this is where I feel like I'm me or this is where I'm safe. Like that is the teacher I wanna be. Mm-hmm. You can learn to read, write and do math we got plenty of people to do that. Mm-hmm. But for me, I want you to learn a, about you and where you fit and how you fit. And if I can be part of that, I am here for you. Let's mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. think that old school whole student um, concept is, is something that people don't use anymore in education, but it is what is so needed with kids. There's so more than just sitting in a desk. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And I think, too, you and I think similarly about what we can learn from our kids, right? You're always asking kids questions about themselves. And I love that. Not because not only does it show that you're curious and that, you know, you you love them and you want to know about them, but it also shows me that you want to learn. I struggled between two things. But one of, I think the thing that is most for me is authenticity Mm. or just being authentic, be you. Mm -hmm. I know there are teachers that will just teach in a classroom and teach their subject. They don't really open dialogue. Don't ask me about me, who I am, whatever. I am an open book. I have been through it. Like Mm -hmm. when kids say they've been, you know, I can't do this. I've got stuff. I'm like, please. (laughs) <laughs> I understand stuff, right? Don't don't blame me. I can do this. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been through it too. Mm-hmm. But and I and which then developed into like being a storyteller. Mm-hmm. But it's it's you have to show who you are. It, and it can be just as simple as having pictures of your family on your desk. Mm-hmm. It shows mm-hmm. that you're a person. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It shows that you're a mom or that you're a sister or that you're a wife or that you're whatever, but you're a person. Mm-hmm. And talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. And if you're having a crappy day, tell them you're having a crappy day. Tell them why you're having a crappy day. And man, they are on board. They're like, oh, we go, we go. All right. Everybody just, you know, calm down, be quiet. Be in a crappy day. <laughs> but I just really think being authentic. Don't, don't wall yourself up and just be your subject. Mm-hmm. It's just so much more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teaching today is just so much more than that. Do you feel like, I mean, you're a little bit like that just kind of anyway. I'm wondering <laughs> if, if did the, did the, I, I, I think about this, you know, like uh, what, the chicken and the egg thing, right? So mm. are you like that because kids taught you to be that way? Or are kids that way with you because you were that way with them? You know, I'm, I'm just curious. It's such a feedback loop. Teaching is such a feedback loop. It is. I would say before them, I probably was much more self-conscious. Mm. Like I'd be more... I, not just feedback, but judgment, Mm -hmm. because I, I don't know if I would say I put on a front, but I kind of put on a front, I think, when I look at myself back in high school, Mm -hmm. is I dressed like everybody else, but they were all not labeled clothes, Mm -hmm. right? I walked in a way, I talked, and I did whatever, but it's, it was sort of the mask, Mm -hmm. so I was always worried about judgment. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think until the kids sort of responded to me, mm. did I grow into this this person, mm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was always in there, but I think that I was always worried about judgment. It's so interesting. Not being good enough. Yeah. And they taught you that you were. Yeah. That, that, that all the stuff that I've been through, I've done stuff, it's been okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. So we know our kids are our teachers. Um, I've also found that their families are our teachers. And so I'm wondering what's a lesson you can share that you learned from a family member of a student? Mm-hmm. I, I think really the lesson about parenting or parent or whatever the taught for me came from a principal. Mm. Came from Cheryl Canberra, mm-hmm. who told me I had to an experience where I got threatened by a kid who got a phone of a student that was in my class and was going was was prank calling people and saw my number and then threatened to well mm. threatened to kill me and do all kinds of stuff. It was really scary. It was just a prank, a joke, but it really wasn't. And it caused all kinds of stuff. And I was a, I, I want this kid, you know, prosecuted. Like this is not okay. <laughs> and Cheryl was like, listen you have to understand that those are people's babies. It doesn't matter what they say or how they say it or how bad trouble they get in or whatever. What a parent sees is that their little baby in their arms that they loved and nurtured. So, you know, you just got to get with it when you think that whatever should happen. Mm. That was the lesson. It sounds ridiculous, but now when I watch parents come in to talk about their kid or do it with their kid, it's their baby that they're looking at, not this twelve-year-old or sixteen-year-old or eighteen-year-old that's screwing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that. I mean, I and okay. So part of it is I'm not a parent, mm-hmm. so I do have, and I, you know, people will say that you don't get it because you're not a parent. Mm, I don't know if I, I don't know if that that's all true, 
Yeah. I feel I can learn it if I didn't experience it myself. Right. So teach right. me, tell me. Mm-hmm. And that lesson itself was huge. I need to get that parents see their babies. That's so big. That's so big. Wasn't it? Doesn't yeah. it sound so simple? But man, well, it, it was it changed everything for me. Were you at that professional development we had in the library one day where it was like Ashanti and Doug and a couple people up front and Ashanti was pretending to be the teacher and Doug and the other people at the at the table were pretending to be students and Ashanti is lecturing and the students, I say in quotes, are all saying out loud what they're thinking about. So Doug's thinking about the baseball game, somebody else thinking about the prom, somebody else is thinking about their mom, and they're all talking at the same time. And Ashanti's up there teaching, like, you know, da-da-da. And I remember looking and feeling so shocked. Like, they're thinking about other things when I'm teaching? They have their (laughs) own brains? They go, what? (laughs) Now, I was like 22 or 23 or something ridiculous, but I just... It never occurred to me, like, of course they are. (laughs) (laughs) See, for me, that was probably, uh, I already knew that because I don't remember that as well as you do. Oh, God. But isn't those those moments? Those moments, right? Or that conversation. Yeah. You know, and when Cheryl, who was our principal, uh, who then later becomes a very important person in my life. Yes. When she called you to sit down in her office, you knew. Mm-hmm. This was a, you know, coming to Jesus conversation. You need to pay attention. <laughs> right? Or just those, but those small, whatever, incidents, if you call them, mm-hmm. can change everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they have brains. They can think for themselves. They think Who while knew? I'm talking to them? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What like, I'm saying is the most important thing in the world. What's second. wrong with you? So let's, uh, you've brought up Cheryl a couple of times, and she's um, a guest as well on this season, of course. <laughs> oh, man. So Everybody, let's... just sit down and listen. That's all That's I'm right. going to say when she That's comes. That's right. Just, just sit down and listen. So one, just, so, wow. So let's talk about this experience that we had. Um, and, and really, you know, you and I both, again, t- take a look at those behind us as folks who can teach us, right? We had this conversation right. as we were getting set up today. The whole technology piece is oh, new, Lord. right? We started teaching before the internet. And <laughs> I still went to Mary Milton for research. And she'd take me to the card catalog if I was re- teaching something I didn't know. So it's, it's like a different world, right? So certainly we learn from those younger than us. I'm wondering if we can just spend some time talking about our elders and oh, yeah. um, this this really special community of women called the Malbs. Um, <laughs> how would you make the case for why that kind of mentorship or, you know, kind of formally or informally, but is so important? Talk with us about that. Well, okay, first of all, it's your fault that I'm a member of the mall, which is the middle age lunch bunch, everybody. <laughs> and we're the juniors because we were not the originals. We yes. were the add-ins later. Yes. But it's Nicole's fault because Nicole is just a little backstory. She suckered me into being the cheerleading coach at San Lorenzo. <laughs> I was already coaching at the deaf school and doing just fine. Mm-hmm. And she need, she was advising because somebody sucked her in. You know how that's Cheryl. out. Cheryl. And then we do it a year together. And then she's like, you're good. I'm out. And yeah. I was like, what? But in that year that we spent together, it was my second year at school. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the mobs invited 
all the women, if they wanted to, go on a weekend at a cabin in Yosemite. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, those women are goddesses. I left the California School for the Deaf to stay at San Lorenzo, which was only going to be a get your credential, get out thing Mm -hmm. and get back to the deaf school until I met these women. Mm. And when I saw these women, I was like, whoa, that's (laughs) what a teacher looks like. And I'm 33. And I'm like, I want to be like that when I grow up. (laughs) That was, how do you not want to be in a space with this amazingness that was on this campus? It was an amazing place. So I did. I left my deaf roots, if you will, and stayed San Lorenzo. But going with Nicole and going, oh, my God, we're going to go be with these women. And sitting around the table and listening to him, as I say, being authentic, sharing mm-hmm. about their lives. Like not being just these educators of amazingness, but actually being people mm-hmm. was... It was that for like you was this change this what right mm-hmm. you had your kids were messed up or you had this situation or you were like shut up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right they're people too mm-hmm. and because my mom was bipolar and by the time my first year at San Lorenzo my mom died mm. so I have no elders really they were that they were the women that I could watch grow old in the 20 years that we spent together, um, you know, every twice a year going to Yosemite. And I was able to watch them and listen to them talk about just being people, but growing old and how to grow old and what happens and whatever. And could ask them all those things. I, I would never, I don't know if I could grow old with grace. Like I feel like I hope that I am because mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. But but on the teaching side of it, being in a room, because it really was a big room, mm-hmm. together, and just talking about school and teaching all day, all night, just all of it, just helped me get rid of the baggage that I might have been carrying. It helped me ask questions, even though I knew that I, because I asked stupid questions half the time, I think, but they, that they didn't. They'd sit down like, let's work through this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I was going through this terrible experience with this horrible principal, everybody rallied around and said, let's work through this. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, there were people on campus who asked, you know, if they could get a pass card into our group. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, we yeah. would go in and come out, a whole different people. Yes, so yes. I, yeah, I, who, how do you manufacture something like that? You yeah, can't. I know. It's amazing. can't read it. You can't get it. It just is. We were so, blessed. We were so blessed. I think about that all the time. And that's why this whole first season is dedicated to the Mulbs because there's no teaching career for me if it oh, wasn't for be the no, other right. nine of you. Nope. Yeah. I have no idea. Tell me, you said they helped you let go of some of your baggage. And I'm curious about this because it's come up, everybody I've talked to, this notion oh. of perfectionism. And how being in relationship with elders helps you just let some of that go. And I'm wondering if that's the kind of baggage you were talking about or are there other things? Like what, what was it that you were able to let go, if, you're, if you can articulate that? And how did they help you allow you, yourself to let go? Personally or mm-hmm. professionally? Either. Personally? You told me I needed to get therapist. <laughs> I did. 
assign me a number. I You're like, you have to let go of your dad issues. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, let's get real. Like, yeah. as a group, sitting around, whatever, having wine, it was like, Glenna, you got to get rid of your dad issues. Because y'all have to, you know, when your parents divorced and yeah. you have a stepmother that was your parents' best friend and a whole story that people had. Yeah. <laughs> I had dad issues. And I don't realize I have dad issues until we're talking about stuff. And they're like, look. And I did. I did exactly what Nicole said. I saw somebody and she did some things and I have let go. My heart doesn't hurt anymore like it did. That issues. So if would that have ever come up with other people? Probably not. Yeah. yeah. So that's one. The other is, is accepting, accepting my, um, what do you call it? Missteps. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? And them calling me out on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's rough, y'all, when they call you Yeah. <laughs> there was never a time where you thought, well, maybe they won't tell me the truth. No, that, that'll oh, always... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Lord. Don't ask if you don't want an answer. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Or, or if they see it through. They'll see mm-hmm. it right, right through you and just call you on it. Mm-hmm. But that, personally, that was part... I mean, that was one piece of it. But just having them make me I mean we did some crazy stuff right we did some crystals Mm -hmm. we did chakra (laughs) we did some stuff man we had a a friend you're gonna talk to Toby Toby will talk about that stuff and she (laughs) but even with that made you have to think about yourself yeah so just letting go and having to think about yourself or even having our our friend come in and do massages Mm. right just taking care of yourself and thinking Mm -hmm. about yourself you mentioned at the beginning how at school you wore a mask, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems like maybe the mobs saw through your mask, <laughs> told you it was a bunch of bullshit, and then loved you, <laughs> and then loved you anyway. They did right? They did. Mm-hmm. They did accept me for me mm-hmm. and all my whatever bullshit mm-hmm. and the mask because I. You don't think that you're wearing one? Mm-hmm. Like, I know I did when I was in high school. I know. Because mm-hmm. I walked the walk and t- did all that. Or talked to talk more. Yeah, walked the walk. Whatever. I did that. Uh-huh. But you didn't think that you're doing that when you're teaching or whatever. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. They, they found it. They mm-hmm. find your cracks or your yeah. whatever and call you on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and then all love it you did through it. And make you, and it smoothed it out, right? Yeah. It smoothed yeah. out those cracks, right? So that they aren't. And you're not. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It, it, I always think about them teaching me how to te- treat kids. You know, I was very oh. nurturing always. I knew how to love a child and I knew how to allow them the space to feel loved. I didn't know how to be a warm demander until they were a warm demander with me. Mm. Right. Pam in particular is my, you know, official mentor. Um, she just would never be afraid to say, what the hell are you doing right now? <laughs> and then put her arm around me and say, let's get this cleaned up because this is not okay. And, and, and both do you of think that's a relationship you built with them? Cause you knew them as a kid. I did, but I think as a kid, I was so worried about achieving mm-hmm. and overcoming and, uh, See, that and, was me too. Uh, yeah, I, you and I are very similar that yeah, way. Yeah. Um, and then, and and I, I think I just, I they always made me feel special. 
I always felt like, I don't know. I mean, I sat on committees with Pam. I was always the teacher or the student rep and she was always the teacher rep. Mm-hmm. And so I got to see this whole backside of what teaching looked like as a 16-year-old kid. And I just was enamored by all of it. And um, I don't remember, I, though I will say, even as a kid, I remember on a trip to Ashland once, I was flirting with a boy, but Pam knew I had a boyfriend. And she Ooh. pulled me aside yeah, and said, um, I just want you to be conscious of what you're doing right now. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Boys on both sides. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and, and who does that, right? Like, but she just <laughs> told me straight. Girl. Yes. <laughs> Tell me straight. And then, like, just make your own choice. But I need you to be aware of what you're doing right now, you know? And she would do the same thing with me as a teacher. Make your own choice if you want to plan the night before. But you need to understand you're not going to be the best teacher for your kids if you do. And I was oh. like, hmm. Okay. <laughs> and that's always how it was. And, and, and I think having them treat me that way as an adult after especially treating me that way as a young person, I just, it's like it seeped into my bones that that's what needed to happen. Well, that must have been where your comfortability was when, when, mm-hmm. when they were saying, let's go do this. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? And then when Pam said four years in, like, cause we went every year that this mm-hmm. was our group and mm-hmm. then how we became solid together must've been where that was for you because you could accept that kind of, I don't want to call it criticism, but that kind of a nurturing attack where I yeah. didn't get it. I didn't have any of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I told you that Pam was very much like Diane Sarchette. Yeah. And when they were, when I came to San Lorenzo and there was that big change from six period day to four by four block. So mm. they were hiring crazy and I got into that hire mm-hmm. um, to finish my credential. It was perfect. And when I saw Diane Sarchette, who says to me, what was about time you got yourself here? Like she knew I was coming somehow because I sort of, I, I um, had to do that teaching stuff where you have to go and sit in people's classrooms or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I went back and I sat in her classroom. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, it's about, about time that you got here. Mm -hmm. Um, But I watched those two together and I was like, they were so like, and there was so much power in them. Mm-hmm. And I was just so in awe. And then when I got to be friends with Pam, I was like, this is, this is it. This is like, yeah, yeah. these are the people. This is the person. This is, and she was, and tough. Man. Tough. Yeah. Tough, tough, tough. Um, I think that's funny that you said, Diane said that to you. I keep telling Ashley Vind, someday oh, you're going to be a teacher, someday. Ashley. You j- I know it, but you'll, it may just take you longer to know it. It'll take you know it. <laughs> that's what I said. Yep. So when you think about being a teacher all these years, you've got a, had a long career. Um, what's been the hardest thing for you to learn or, you know, the, the thing that took you the longest to learn? It's humility. Mm-hmm. Because that's the first thing that came to my mind. And I thought, well, let me see if I don't, if I try it another way. But that is what it is. Mm-hmm. So the two things that we were, that I was thinking about in this, and so our conversation or interview was about being authentic and about humility. Mm-hmm. And the thing about humility is, is that I, I learned early on that it's okay to be wrong mm. as long as I listen mm-hmm. and make the corrections where it needs to be mm-hmm. and don't take it personal. And it's mm-hmm. hard to take it personal. And I hate those things when people say, well, I didn't mean, because mm-hmm. you don't mean, mm-hmm. but is it don't mean because you're trying to protect yourself or you don't mean because you don't know. 
Mm-hmm. I don't mean because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I want to know. Mm-hmm. But they're hard. Mm-hmm. And Toby Scruggs will tell you mm-hmm. that I have had hard lesson. Like my hard lesson is what it's, I don't know how to say it. It's with black hair. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds odd and whatever, but I've had girls from all different backgrounds on my cheer squad and mm-hmm. having your hair up is a thing. Like mm-hmm. we have to have our hair up. Mm-hmm. So talking to girls about wearing ponytails and how you're going to do your hair, I learned way took me too long to understand that. In I've learned that in the black community, hair is as is, is, is a crowning joy. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's their jewel. It's mm-hmm. what makes who they are. Mm-hmm. But not having conversations with white people isn't common. Mm-hmm. But for me, being with diverse people forever has been common. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that it wasn't that wasn't on the same side. They, they didn't get have that conversation first or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I just approached them, it felt like I was just, and it made them really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that. And I didn't get that. And it took a bit. And I've been, you know, had conversations with Tovi or even with you with my principal mm-hmm. about talking about black hair and how it's just not my place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had to do it differently when I was coaching than just having a random conversation because it's not a conversation they have. Mm-hmm. So it isn't a conversation I should have. Mm-hmm. And that has been humility mm-hmm. at, the, at the forefront for me mm-hmm. because I didn't. I, I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought I was just talking about hair. Right. Oh, no. It's not just. Yeah. No. It's and not I think just. That's, that's the tricky part about humility is um, knowing that even if you don't understand, you have to respect the experience of someone else enough to say, I don't understand, but okay. And, and right now as I'm sitting, like my heart rate's gone up. Like it makes mm-hmm. me so uncomfortable I got want to cry that I've made people feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. or that I put them in a place that like, that's never what I want to be about mm-hmm. but I can talk too fast or move too fast or say too much and then I and then I got all of this mm-hmm. and so I that that's that's yes that's where my humility lies mm-hmm. is that I can make mistakes mm-hmm. and I don't want to mm-hmm. but tell me teach mm-hmm. me what I'm missing mm-hmm. so I don't continue to do it wrong Mm, i love that i love that but it's an odd it's an odd it's an odd subject matter but it's big for me yeah well teaching is a human endeavor and so everything that's hard about being human is hard about teaching and i think sometimes we forget that uh we're a little microcosm of the whole world in our classroom and you know, there's there's hard lessons to learn, I think. Um, especially when you are more than just a classroom, mm-hmm. and it's outside yes. the classroom, and it's out after school, and it's in all kinds of different situations. Yes. Right. That mm-hmm. it's just more than just that sixty minutes. Yeah. 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 And my and for my and what for what I do. For sure. For sure. So we're going to transition to the last three questions that we ask everybody, no matter the episode. First, okay. what is the song that's your go-to song when you're go- you want to have a good day? It's so funny. I think in themes, mm-hmm. so my song changes every day. 
Okay, okay. And so it may not example. be my go-to song, but it's mm-hmm. a reel in my head. And right now, <laughs> sounds so crazy. Right now, because I am at middle school, uh-huh. and we are in COVID, and uh-huh. we are back in school, we're trying to give kids as much the experience of being back in school as possible. Mm-hmm. So I were having it out with the district about school dances. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and it sounds so trivial, I know, but it's big in my world. Yes, yes. And so keeping them safe and contract tracing and all of this business, they now want us, they now want us to write a proposal that all three unions, SLEA, CSEA, and SEIU, have to sign off on before we can do any after-school activities. Wow, wow. And then the director of instruction gets the fourth say mm-hmm. so the song that's been playing in my head like <laughs> this whatever is um and this is this is because how old i am but what came to me was um the uh how video killed the radio star oh yeah <laughs> that's the song all i keep hearing is video killed the radio star <laughs> this is it this is it this is all school activities dead this is what's happening that and footloose both come to mind because it's all yeah. trying to kill it, putting right. So that's what's it. So I think in themes. So okay. as things are going in my life, songs will pop up. But mm. that's the one right now. <laughs> oh God, that's so sad. Stephanie's no, no. was um. It's time. It's time to get going. <laughs> that it's Tom time. Petty song. It's time it's to move time. on. It's time to get going. <laughs> oh, that's it. See. <laughs> See, yeah. in themes, right? It it's just what it's, it's what's talking to us right the now. The context of the time, for sure. It is so, totally it. I hope mine changes soon, but right now it's on repeat. Yeah. I can't get it to stop. I hope yours too. Maybe you need to like intentionally choose a song that you want to be the theme for your next month. Okay. What's the October right. theme going to be? And then play right. that and shift your reality. And shift my reality. Part um, of my, one of the songs that just came to my mind right now is a celebration. Oh, I so, love that song. Uh, so it's just came. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fighting between the two. Yes, yes. Give Don't yourself over is what I say. Okay. Um, so when we think about schools, and I, I like having this conversation with people who've been around a long time, like us, because we've seen a lot of things come and go. Mm-hmm. And well, um, there's, I believe very strongly that we all have a particular piece to this puzzle that we all need to lay down together with the other pieces and put it together to make a whole, to really create a space for our kids that's healthy and a space that's healthy for us, right? I always say if our, if our teachers aren't healthy, our kids aren't going to be healthy. So, and there's this love, a beautiful song I love by the Indigo Girls that the quote is, um, if I have a care in the world, I have a gift to give. Mm. And so whatever you care about the most, that's the gift you have to give. So I'm wondering what your puzzle piece is, what you, what you care about so much that it's become a gift that you give. I care the most about is the whole student. Mm-hmm. I care that what they learn with me, they can carry forward. Mm-hmm. That they, that, that whether it be a leadership skill or it be a communication skill or it be a something that makes them connect and build relationships with other people and they can carry that forward. That was one of the reasons why I came to middle school was to fill this gap that was happening between the middle schoolers when they got to high school and they didn't get 
this, there was this whole, well, it was this whole leadership ASB gap, but there was this gap and I wanted to help fill that gap. So when they got the high school, they could really thrive mm -hmm. and really move forward. I, my, I feel like that is it, whether that means caring about them more, loving them more, supporting them more, working on a certain skill, doing whatever that is for each kid. I feel like it's my, my piece. When, what do they need where they need it? I'll fit there. Mm -hmm. I want, I guess it's relationships maybe, mm -hmm. but that they're connecting them so that they, they, they can use these skills forward. There's such a joy when I get a kid in college who will send me a picture of their planner and oh, say, gosh. look what you've made me do. <laughs> and I'm like, you're welcome. Or worse, they'll text me and say, if another college teacher talks about smart goals, I'm going to throw something at them. And I just say, you're welcome. Like, I don't know. It may be just trivial, but it is something so that really good. sits with them. Yeah. And it may be organization skills, whatever that is. But uh -huh. that, those those things that they need, just those yeah. fine tuning so they can move on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I, know, I, so I always big. remember you being the one to remind us that they are whole children. They are whole children. They're whole human They're just children. not an academic thinker. There's so much right. more to them. Thank right. you for recognizing that. Yep. Yep. That's really what I think. That that really that that key phrase that was used years ago yeah, just made so much sense to me. I think because I was that kid. Yeah. I was that whole student. It was yes. those other things that really honed in my ability to be me. Totally. And that's what some kids need too. Yeah. Yeah. Like what do you I mean, need think to about, be you? Right. What what would we have been if high school was only about academics? I don't know. I would not have gone to college. I'll tell you that for sure. Oh, me sure. either. I, me either. And I had a friend, a friend who said, I was surprised when he went to college. Wow. Because it wasn't what I, uh, I didn't, I wasn't in FAA. Yeah. I wasn't in whatever. Right. Yeah. I was do, I was, I had grades. Yeah. But I had grades because I was competing with my friends. But yeah. <laughs> I had grades, but it was, it was the outside stuff that they saw me doing. Yeah. Yeah. But they were like, oh, you went to college? I'm like, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah. Like it just made sense that that's what yeah. they were supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh. I credit Barbara Wong and she's ah. not, she's not doing an interview with us, which is sad, oh. but, um, oh. I, I, in our, in our first episode, I spent some time talking about just the fact that she invited me to, uh, try out for the school play. She did. And it was my first week at San Lorenzo and I didn't know anybody and I was miserable and sad and I was in her drama class. And she said, you know, Nicole, I think you should try out for the school play. And it changed everything. Everything. And amazing? so when you say we're so much, we're, we're teaching kids so much more than just books, right? Yes, more than just books. Yeah. I think of school as an invitation in its purest form. And um, you're so good at issuing invitations. Oh, I just love that you. about you. Thank you. So quick tip takeaway. We're in the copy room. Mm -hmm. As we know, most good conversations at school oh. happen in the copy room. Indeed. So I'm cutting paper. You're punching holes. Someone's running the machine. And uh, you're on your way out. What's something that you can tell us to have a really good day, to remind us funny or serious, practical or conceptual? What, what are you going to leave us with as you walk out of the copy room to go to first period? 
I am. I, I swear, I am the campus cheerleader. That's who I am. <laughs> I'm a. It's oh, we got this. What's happening? I am. I do. We're talking about building relationships. In that short time that we may be doing all of that, yes. I'm always checking in. You are. Mm-hmm. I'm always checking in. Like, how are you? What is happening? Whatever. And if they have a third, if that takes that moment where they're just like spilling out, like all this crap is whatever, whatever, whatever. I listen to that and then somehow kind of mold it together. Be like, all right. But when that bell rings, we're going to leave that. And we're just going to do this kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, I, I try to, I try to be really conscious to just check in mm-hmm. and to, to make those connections. I think, I think part of that honestly is, because I am a solo person on my own little island, mm. right? That I don't teach what everybody else teach. I don't have a department per se. I do have the electus department, but we all teach something different. Mm-hmm. So my way of, of having those relationships with people is my building them one-on-one or independently or, you know, when, when they come. Um, so be connected. Mm-hmm. And then with that, you know, they, that's what they think. I'm the campus cheerleader. We can do this. Well, it's just a joyful thing because when you enter the room, people just sit up a little straighter because they know it's going to be okay. <laughs> is it? Or the it's fun, like, oh, here the it good time is here. <laughs> the good time is here. Um, Glenna's going to make it okay. We're going to make it okay. So let's, let's just, we're going to be okay. We're going to do we're gonna this. We're going to be good. We're going to be okay. <laughs> it sucks. I get it sucks. It's terrible. It's terrible. But it's fine. It's fine, fine. We're going to do this. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast with us today. I'm so grateful to have you as my friend and a person that I admire in education. Mm-hmm. Like I know you, you downplay all that who you are, but you are, you're another one of those. I wish I could be Nicole when I grow up. Mm-hmm. There's so much about your heart and your brilliance. Like you are so brilliant. And I don't know how many people know that you're so brilliant and, and, so caring and I'm just blessed that I have you in my life and I thank you and thank you for considering me and thinking that I have anything to say you have so much to say I love you I love you too thank you for sharing your precious time with us my hope is it gave you some respite from your worries and some time to remember that we belong to one another and that there's no such thing as other people's children. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. These three things make a big difference in our ability to connect teachers to one another in service to each other and our kids. We also want to thank Dirt Path Publishing for partnering with us on this podcast. The mission of Dirt Path is to publish work for social good. They are proud to include copy room conversations under that banner. For more information on coaching and editing services, or if you have a book you want to publish that you know will serve the greater good, visit dirtpathpublishing.com.